Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, it's been a long time coming. The Twins win a playoff series, and quite frankly, they look like the better team uh, than Toronto, especially, boy, when the Twins' bullpen came in, they were lights out, throwing a lot of bullets in there. They really were, and you're catching me as I'm just leaving their uh, their media. They called it a workout day. It really wasn't okay. a workout day. It was a media availability outside Target Fields. You can probably hear the streetcars yep. ding away here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, did, they, they controlled the game, and this is you know, this is what they envisioned, having mm-hmm. two frontline starting pitchers who can really command a game, having a lot of power arms in the bullpen. Of course, you'd like to score, a lot more, you'd like to score more runs, but, hey, Jays have good pitching. I think Rios was excellent. That's as good as I've ever seen him pitch. Um, yes, sir, he was fantastic. And the Twins probably got a break with Schneider taking him out of 47 pitches. But, you know, the Twins definitely look like the better team, in part because of Royce Lewis, in part because of Carlos Correa, Mm-hmm. and his intelligence and his savvy and his ability to get a big hit, and in part because of that bullpen, which, you know, they've had a lot of changes, that bullpen, a lot of injuries, a lot of problems. And right now it looks like you've got about five guys they have confidence in down there. Yeah, that's for sure, and, and they all come in. It's power arms and power bats that win in the postseason. For a long time, the Twins went into uh, the playoffs with one, the power bats, but not the other, the power arms. Boy, they, they have that, uh, uh, you know, backed up one after the next now. That's exactly right. Um, you know, that, that was the weird thing about the 2019 team. Mm-hmm. I mean, 101 wins, record home runs. I mean, it's all great stuff. But then all of a sudden, you win 100 games, you set the home run record, and you play poorly in game one, and you're down one nothing to the Yankees in the Yankee Stadium, and Randy Dobnik's taking them out. I mean, yep. that's, just, that's, not, that's just not the way it should work. You know what I mean? No. That, that was not good enough. And I think you've really seen... Um, I think you've I think you've really seen uh, Falvey, you know, go crazy trying to amass pitching. Yeah, and he's he's traded pitching, he's traded play, good player prospects, he's traded player prospects who haven't worked out. He's just done everything he could to, to amass pitching. And of course, you know, someday you'd like to look out there and see that two, three, four of those guys are homegrown. But right now, you know, however you get it done is how you get ever you get it done. I mean, no, there's no perfect blueprint. For right. Yeah, I don't care if the guy wore a different uniform before, if he comes over here and can, can do the job. So the, the big controversy, of course, coming out of last night's game was the early yanking of Jose Barrios, the uh, television commentators, who unfortunately the Yankees commentators. But, yes. uh, you know, they, they referenced this looks like a decision that was made last night, that, it, uh, that they were going to do this no matter what. It, despite no matter how well Barrios was pitching, I was thrilled to see them take him out of the game. Yes, and I think that's that's. I think they're actually right about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I make fun of A. Rod sometimes, but I think he was absolutely right about that. Yep. They were line, they were warning up their lefty in the second inning. Yep. And then they pull up Barrios after only forty seven pitches when he's pitching again as well as I've ever seen him pitch. I was really impressed with the way he went about it yesterday. Uh, I think that was going by a, a a script, not reacting to what you're seeing. Because if you were reacting to what you're seeing, you would have let Barrios stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Now. You never know. Maybe the Twins would have scored off Rios, too. But, man, he looked tough yesterday. And, you know, you can, you can second-guess the Twins taking out Sonny Gray after 85 pitches, but that's kind of the way they've handled him all year. Don't let him lose the game when he's tired. Um, and maybe it's a regular season game. They would have let him go one more inning. They just felt like they had their arms lined up. But I really felt like the Jays 
uh, jumped the gun there. Yeah, I did too. And and 85 pitches in five innings, that's not an efficient pitch count. That's no. high. He he pitched with guys on base, I think, all but one uh, inning. So he was a fighter. That's who Sonny Gray is. But I, I was fine with him coming out at that point. Yeah, and that last inning was high stress. Yeah. And that's, you know, as much as we look at pitch counts uh, in the dugout, they're looking at body language, uh, command, uh, you know, just how, how hard is the guy breathing, how much did he have to put into it. There's a difference between breezing through, you know, six innings, seven innings with 85 pitches and really having to grind through 85 pitches in five innings. Fascinating to me to hear from Correa afterward that he went to Sonny Gray during the game and said, there's some free outs on here. They're taking big leads. And then they go ahead and capitalize and and pick off Vlad Guerrero. You can't get picked off second base in that situation if you're Guerrero. No, no, that was a horrible mistake, and but it takes a lot of savvy to identify that and be able to pull it off. And and, yep. and I asked Correa today. I said, "Hey, uh, you know, was, were those products of experience? Those two plays you made, the, the sprinting to your right, to grab the ball, throw it home, and uh, to call for that pickoff, were those were those things you would have done earlier in your career?" He said, "No, those are products of experience. You kind of learn how to how to sneak the extra outs in there." Um, I did a podcast with Roy Smalley this morning on my mm-hmm. podcast network, and he was saying that was one of the best defensive plays he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. He said, it, um, you know, I'm talking about the, uh, the roller. Uh, he said, yep. just it, for what it takes for a guy to be able to do that, what it requires, the arm strength, the agility, the accuracy, it's just one of the best plays he's ever seen. That's terrific. Uh, good to have him here. Now, I will say that Correa's hasn't done much against the Astros when he's been hitting for the no. Twins. Uh, he, he really has done nothing, actually, at the plate. They need him to contribute against the Astros this week. They do. The Astros are a tough draw. They have their pitching lined up. They have good pitching. They certainly have a strong lineup. Um, it, it's, it's a tough matchup. It just yeah. is. And even if the Twins pitch well, they're going to have to have somebody deliver at the plate and you know, they'd be better off if Royce Lewis could get healthy and play third base. Yeah. He's in their defense would improve. They'd move Polanco to second. They'd play Julian at DH. I don't know if that's going to happen yet. We don't know yet. Yeah. Um, but Correa, you know, let's face it, guys like Correa and Kepler are going to have to contribute offensively if they're going to keep up the, the steam. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, the two games against Toronto, the bats weren't exactly booming outside of uh, Royce Lewis the first game. They just scraped across a couple uh, to win the game yesterday. It's going to be a little harder to win against Houston if they're not scoring more than two or three runs. No doubt. Um, it's just, they're, they're a tough matchup, and they know, and Dusty Baker, just he just has a vibe about him. His teams mm-hmm. love playing in the postseason. They play with no fear. Um, I'm sure the Twins will be, be kind of similar going down there. But this, this is a tough assignment. You yep. know, the the Jays were a pretty, not that they aren't good, but they were a fairly ideal matchup. Playing yeah. at home against a team that hadn't hit to its capabilities, uh, whose pitchers were good but not necessarily intimidating. The Astros are a different different level. Yeah, that's for sure with Verlander coming out game one. Uh, who are the Twins going with game one? Did they tell you today? They would not tell us. I kept uh, asking, they would not tell us. Uh, um, I, the easy thing to do is just go Joe Ryan since he would have started on Thursday. Yep. But... You know they're going to take a real hard look at their their deeper analytics to see if either Maeda or Over is a better matchup for some reason in Game One. Um, you know Ryan had an iffy second half. He had some moments, good moments. He had some not so good moments. I just don't know what their internal evaluation of him is at the moment. 
it smells to me like it's an opportunity for them to piggyback two of their starters. I mean, they've got Paddock, Maeda, Ober, all three of those guys could come in after three innings from Joe Ryan and pitch the next three innings, and then you're into that bullpen. Is that a possibility? That is a possibility. And, and or you know, they could also do it by feel. They could mm. start Ryan and to say, okay, you're starting, but we're not asking you to go seven innings. We're asking you to go as hard as you can, as long as you can, and we'll get you out of there. Then we're going to bring in Maeda, who's going to give them a completely different look. And the $100 million sore-kneed elephant in the room is Byron Buxton. Uh, you just mentioned a possibility Julian could uh, potentially be the DH if Lewis were healthy. Uh, is Buxton going to have a spot on the roster here come Saturday? I, I just don't see how it happens. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they talk about it as a possibility. I think they're being diplomatic. We're talking about somebody who didn't perform well as a DH. Uh, we're talking about somebody who didn't really contribute down the stretch when they were playing their best. We're talking about who, I mean, right now Julian's a better hitter, a better DH than Buxton. Yep. You know? yep. uh, right now Royce Lewis is a better DH than Buxton. Buxton has only played one day in center field this year, and he couldn't play second. Mm-hmm. So I, as, as diplomatic as they're putting everything, I just don't see it. Yeah, the only thing that, to me, uh, might be problematic is we remember when the Twins didn't bring Buxton back to the team in September a few years back, and he was kind of ticked off about that. Now, I think that was partially to do they were manipulating his service time, he felt like. But he felt he could play, and they didn't bring him back. If he goes to them and says, I'm healthy enough to play, and they don't activate him, will that cause a problem with Buxton? Uh, I don't think they care at this point okay. and, and, I'm, and I'm being that sounds rude uh, I, I think they care about listen this is a very this is an organization they really try to have a relationship with their players sure. not the, they're, they're not being jerks about it but I think they have they have to make the best decision in the interest of the organization mm-hmm. um, Byron signed on for here long term um, doesn't matter how he feels only a little bit you know, they've yeah. got to make the right decision for the team. Yeah. You, you you activate Buxton, you put him there instead of Julian or Royce Lewis, and he goes, oh, four, four strikeouts. Uh, you've hurt the team. You can't do that. Yeah. Jim, thanks so much. We'll preview the Vikings and Chiefs tomorrow. Great. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.